You're listening to The Spiritual Awakening Show. I'm your host, Brent Spirit, and today's episode is for the lightworkers out there. Today we're talking all about how you need to get over your insecurity and get to work. Enjoy. Sometimes people reach out to me and they want to meet with me one-on-one for a session. And very early into our conversation, it becomes very obvious and apparent that they are very advanced, very evolved, open hearts. And I begin to wonder, you know, why did they reach out to speak with me? I should be the one reaching out to speak with them. And as our conversation progresses, Eventually, it becomes clear, obvious, and as they might say it directly, that despite how far they've come on their paths, despite how advanced they are, you know, open hearts, unconditionally loving, a lot of deep wisdom, incredible experiences, obvious talents and skills, and clear potential, even though they have all of this, they feel insecure, and they feel reluctant to actually embrace their call their mission, their purpose, their vocation, to be of service, to be what we would call a light worker. So the general sentiment that they have is, you know, they might ask questions like, who am I to be a spiritual healer or a messenger or a guide or a teacher? Who am I to be a light worker? You know, who am I to claim that I have spiritual gifts and a connection with the divine? Who am I to pretend as if I'm like Jesus Christ or the Buddha? Is it just my ego that wants to be a light worker? Is it just my ego that wants to be of service and to support others on their journey? And so with this sort of attitude, with these sorts of general sentiments and questions that they have that they're asking themselves, they get stuck and you know, unable to move forward and to actually get on with, with the mission, get on with the work. So Though they feel this call within their heart, though they look at their life and they recognize, you know, yeah, I do have these skills and gifts and abilities. I do have the potential. Though all of this makes sense that they're, you know, being prepared to actually do this work. Maybe their whole life has been a long training session to actually begin doing this work, this healing work, this teaching work, supporting others on their journey. They still feel, you know, if I actually do step into this role, if I actually do embrace this calling, maybe that's something arrogant. Maybe it's egotistical. Maybe that's narcissistic, you know, because they say, who am I to be claiming to be a healer or to have a connection with the divine? And so they're afraid that if they embrace that, they're going to, you know, be labeled or maybe their suspicions about whether they actually are a narcissist will be validated. Of course, it's not true. I'm going to talk a little bit more about this. But in general, it seems like many other people as well feel that they're not yet perfect. And because they're not perfect, they still have work to do on themselves. They can't yet you know, begin to do their service, to begin to do light work. And so overall, all of this insecurity, 
wondering, you know, whether I'm a narcissist or wondering why am I not perfect or thinking I still have to, you know, a lot of work to do to get perfect and then I can begin. All of this insecurity holds a person back from stepping into, you know, their, their calling. Now, I completely understand this. I'm speaking from experience here because I have been there. I felt the same ways and I still can feel that way as well from time to time, you know, feel insecure about, you know, who am I to be talking about all this spiritual stuff, right? I can still feel this way, but I've gone through quite a bit of this resistance. I've done some, some clear processes and work to overcome it. And I want to share a little bit about some of those ideas with you today. And I feel that if you take what I'm saying to heart and let it move beyond, move through your insecurity and hit you where you know deep down like that you are ready to do this work, if you happen to be in a position where you're feeling insecure in the ways that I've described, well, then you can begin. And that's my invitation is, you know, to begin to get over this insecurity and start because people need you. So you feel the call in your heart. Maybe it's not just within your heart as a feeling, but maybe you've been directly called like in a sort of mystical experience or something like that from the divine. Maybe you've been shown what your mission is. Maybe you've been told, go forth and do this work. Okay, maybe that's the case for you. And still, you're maybe not sure if you're worthy of stepping into this role, even though maybe you've had a really, a really direct call or you feel this in your heart. And like I said, maybe you're wondering, you know, maybe I'm an egotist. Maybe I'm just an arrogant narcissist. You know, I get it. I, I wonder the same thing. But the thing is, narcissists, egomaniacs, they don't have these kinds of worries. Like they don't sit and reflect and say, oh, maybe I'm a narcissist. I shouldn't make myself and my gifts and talents known and offer to the world because maybe I'm a narcissist. Narcissists don't think this way, right? So if you're thinking this way, well, to me, it's pretty obvious that you're not a narcissist. In fact, you're probably overly sensitive and actually afraid of being seen, which is how I am actually. Um, and that's the opposite of what a narcissist feels. A narcissist is not sensitive and a narcissist is afraid of not being seen. You and I maybe are sensitive, like as empaths, as spiritual people, you know, we've been through a lot. So maybe we're sensitive, but we don't really want to be out there and seen and vulnerable, but a narcissist doesn't feel that way. So this idea, this question, am I egotistical? Am I arrogant? Am I a narcissist? If that arises in you, you can know that you're not. Okay. And so another point here, like I was saying, is that we feel as if we need to be perfect before we can begin this work. We feel like I'm still a flawed human being. I still get caught up in you know, identification with my thoughts. I'm not perfectly in the now. I still have bad habits and addictions, right? Maybe we feel like, uh, you know, I don't know enough. I don't know everything there is to know about the spiritual journey. I can't yet begin. I've got to go out and learn and read and digest more, more material about this. So these are ways that are noble, innocent, and they seem to make sense on a surface level. But in fact, I would say that they are ways that the ego is self-sabotaging us from following our heart. 
So it's sneaky ways that the ego comes up with these rationalizations and justifications for why we're not yet ready. I'm not perfect. I still have flaws. I don't know all the answers. So I can't begin yet, right? But the thing is, no human being has ever been perfect. And there's no such standard as perfect, right? So if we even look cross-culturally, what one culture, you know, if you polled everybody, maybe their idea of what a perfect person is might contradict another culture's idea of what a perfect person is. So this idea of being perfect is also just, it's, it's something that doesn't exist. And even then, there's never been a person who's been perfect to any of these made-up standards anyway, right? So when I was facing similar challenges, like I'm talking about here, you know, wondering, I'm not perfect, I can't do this work yet, you know, I began to study and investigate the different notable figures throughout history that have done spiritual works, that have done light work, and I began to look for signs of imperfection, signs of humanity, signs of knowing that there is a human there. And I began to look for these things to know that I can relate with them on a human level because I was actively trying to find ways to give myself permission to do this work instead of finding ways to justify why I'm not yet ready. So I started to take note of all of the imperfections that I could find in any of the people that I admired, any of the great figures throughout history and figures today. I started to take note you know, that they're all human like me. And if they're human, I can be a human too and I can do this work still. So for example, I noted that Jesus, great guy, incredible, right? We might consider him to be perfect. You know, he's Jesus. But if you really look into the, some of the stories, we see that there's a human there. For example, he was angry. He got angry, right? He went to the temple. He saw people had turned the temple into a marketplace. They were selling stuff. And the story goes that he became really angry, right? And he was maybe flipping over tables and yelling at people to get out of there. And it was a righteous anger, right? So would we say that, oh, Jesus got angry and that's ego. And, uh, you know, because of that, he's not really the son of God or he's not, he doesn't have a connection with the divine. His spirituality is all bogus and we shouldn't listen to him. No, because he's still a human being with the potential to have any experience that exists along the emotional spectrum that will always be available to us as human beings, regardless of, you know, whether we're embodying the, you know, Christ consciousness like Jesus was or enlightenment or self-realization. We'll always have access to the full range of the human emotions. And just because we experience any emotion doesn't mean that, oh, you know, we're not worthy of being a light worker, for example, okay? So I noted this story and I understood, okay, if Jesus can get angry and he's still Jesus, well, then I can get angry sometimes too. And that's okay. Because of course, if Jesus can, then I, I mean, sure, I can get angry, right? I can get upset. I can get sad, jealous, you know, depressed, confused. I can feel all these things and it's okay because Jesus also had a very dynamic emotional life, right? And so I don't need to work on myself to get to a point where, I'll ne where I'm never going to, where I'm beyond getting angry and then I can begin this work because that point doesn't exist, right? So I also noted that Jesus also had moments of doubt about his own spiritual connection with the divine, right? 
So, for example, you know, Jesus walked around and he talked all about how he was the son of God and he performed miracles and he did all this, all this stuff. People were following him. They recognized it. This guy has a divine connection. He knows who he is. He is in a state of union with the divine, right? But the thing is, when he was on the cross, you know, at his lowest point, Jesus experienced the feeling of being abandoned by God separate from God. So that's when he asked, Father, why have you forsaken me? So in this moment, it's very telling, very telling and very liberating for those who are able to, to grasp it. In this moment, Jesus forgot about his connection with the divine. His whole life, or from what we know of his life, he was, you know, he knew who he was. He knew he was God. In you know, human form. He had this connection. And in this moment on the cross, he forgot. And he asked, you know, like I said, Father, why have you forsaken me? Okay. So if Jesus can forget from time to time who he is and still be noted as, you know, one of the greatest light workers ever, then of course, I also can forget my connection to the divine from time to time and still be qualified to do light work and fulfill my mission and calling okay another example so throughout my journey i've had periods where i've been without thought for weeks months at a time but then at certain times those thoughts of thinking mind would re-emerge and the thoughts would come back and for a while i you know was somewhat troubled by this because i thought how can i get the mind to completely quiet always like permanently just be silenced why does it disappear for a while and then it comes back? You know, what do I got to do? Do I got to meditate more? What's, what's going on here? Okay. Then I read a little bit about one of my favorite saints, Sri Ramana Maharshi. And there was a question and answer in which somebody asked him whether he has thoughts. And he replied, usually... No. And so when I heard these words or I read these words, I thought, okay, usually no. So even Ramana, even Ramana Maharshi could have a thought from time to time. So if he could, well, so could I then. And that's okay. It's not a problem. I don't have to get to the point where the mind is completely quiet before I can begin fulfilling my mission. Because Ramana definitely fulfilled his mission and calling. And even he had thoughts from time to time. Another example. So Sri Nisargadatta Maharaj, he was addicted to cigarettes. He was a smoker. Self-realized man. Addicted to cigarettes. So I, was, I saw him and I thought, okay, if, if he still has some addiction, his body is still chemically addicted to, you know, nicotine. And just because he's self-realized, enlightened, whatever, doesn't mean that suddenly the addiction is going to um, just completely be gone and it's okay, he's still doing his work, well, then I also can have some addictions and unhealthy habits. Okay. I'm not a smoker, but I'm addicted to social media. I love scrolling and just looking at dumb memes. And I beat myself up about that at times. And I'm making a mindful effort to, you know, not engage in those behaviors, but I shouldn't use my spirituality against myself and say, oh, I'm, how can I be a... Uh, 
spiritual teacher if I'm still addicted to memes. No, like I said, you know, Maharaj, Nisargadatta Maharaj, he was also addicted and that's okay. It's okay. You can still do this work. Can't wait till we're perfect. We don't have time anymore. And then I also heard a very beautiful story about the Buddha. Now, of course, some stories are, you know, uh, it's hard to pin down the accuracy of whether they're really about the Buddha or not, but this story exists to express this point. And so the story goes that the Buddha was sitting and teaching some of his followers. They were outside and a fly had landed on his nose. And so he quickly just waved the fly away and he continued teaching. A few minutes later, the fly lands on his nose again. And this time he waves his hand very slowly over his nose and the fly flew away. So his followers asked him, you know, that was, that was strange. Why did you move your hand so slowly to, you know, wave the fly away that, that second time? And the Buddha said, because the first time I waved it away quickly without mindfulness, it was just a, a reaction in the moment, unconscious. I wasn't fully present with what was arising in the moment. So the second time I corrected my mistake and moved my hand with total mindfulness. So even the Buddha could have a moment when he's not perfectly mindful. So if he can, of, of course, you or I can too, right? If the Buddha is not perfectly always in an ongoing, seamless state of unbroken mindfulness, why should we expect that we should be held to that standard? Right? It doesn't make sense for all of these great notable figures to have some humanity and imperfections and being works in progress. And then for us to say, I'm not yet ready to do this work. It just doesn't make sense. So none of these people have been perfect. History has scrubbed their imperfections over time, right? It's you know, for many reasons, um, when we see it even today, you know, online, social media, the way that we, we present ourselves, even the way that I present myself, is all curated. It's not a real total perspective of a person's life. And the same way that the stories of these great figures have been passed down, it's not a total perfect image of that person's life. There's no stories of, you know, Jesus going to the bathroom. But he had to go to the bathroom. The Buddha had to go to the bathroom. Human. But there's no stories about that, right? And so we have to remember that not, nobody has been perfect. No light worker has ever been without any sort of humanness. And so you have no excuse. Your humanness is part of what keeps you grounded in the world and relatable to other people. It's useful, in fact. Another thing that I have, another like little practice that I had was I would sometimes wonder, you know, if the Buddha were to have time traveled to this moment here and we were to give him, him like a pair of ice skates and put him on an ice rink, he would probably fall on his ass because he's a human and he's not beyond having to go through 
the growth process that's messy, that involves failure, that involves, that involves imperfection. You would still have to go through the process of, you know, falling down, getting up, finding your balance, gaining confidence to learn how to skate. Just because he's the Buddha doesn't mean he suddenly has, you know, you give him any skill, any tool, any, any, uh, he just has every single ability that, that could exist. No, it doesn't make sense. He's a human being, right? So if you put him in a car, it's not like you would suddenly know how to drive. You just drive perfectly. You'd crash the car, even though it's the Buddha. And I know what I'm saying might be irreverent. It might be blasphemous. I don't care. Really take what I'm saying and contemplate it. If the Buddha is able to, you know, not have perfect mindfulness. If he were to come today and be given a car, he would crash it. What does that mean about you? What does that mean about me? It means that we can make an impact just like the Buddha did without being perfect. Okay, and so we got to stop using our insecurity to hold ourselves back. Stop using this, these, these insecurities to you know, sabotage the work that we're being called to do. So you have more in common with the greatest light workers than you might initially think. And I invite you to go out and have similar contemplations to what I just shared with you. Do your own investigation. Look for the imperfection and the humanness in the people that you admire and give yourself permission to get on with the work. Now, of course, I have to give a disclaimer here. I don't want you to use anything of that I've shared with you today to spiritually bypass. You know, we don't want to use any of these ideas to harm ourselves or to justify harming others. You know, we don't want to punch people in the face and say, ah, well, well, nobody's perfect. And even the Buddha wasn't perfect. Even Jesus got angry. And so I can get angry at you. No, we want to do our best to, of course, embody our highest values, be kind, be caring, function from some sort of ethical code. But yeah, we don't always have to be perfect. But like I said, we don't want to use these ideas to harm, to justify harming ourselves or others, okay? So there is an ascension happening on the planet. What is ascension? It is when many people begin to go through spiritual awakening. And that's what's happening. More and more people are going through spiritual awakening. It's happening faster and faster because we are all going through it together. So we are helping each other out, we're supporting each other. So there's no time to waste anymore. There's no time for sitting idly and feeling insecure and and waiting until you're perfect or wondering you know am i a narcissist no there's no time anymore there's no time anymore people out there are hurting they're suffering they're lost they're confused they need you they need you to share your version of these truths that are beyond words so they need you to translate it for them in your own style with your own way of sharing they need you and they're waiting out there for you to begin this work, okay? In the same way that I can almost guarantee you encountered certain people and books and talks and videos that spoke to you during certain points in your path when you were challenged. Well, other people need you now, okay? So they need you, they need your example, they need your gifts, they need your, your validation, your presence, your energy. So don't deprive them of that with your, you know, by holding yourself back with insecurity. Remember, just work within your scope. You don't have to be able to help every single person. But what you know, what you've experienced, you work within those realms. You don't have to promise anybody anything that you know you're going to miraculously heal them or, you know, make them instantly enlightened. You just share from what you know within a reasonable, you know, scope. Somebody comes to you with something that you're not able to address, no problem. 
send them elsewhere. Tell them, I'm sorry, I can't help you, right? Don't take off, don't take on more than you're capable of, but take on something, something that you can handle, okay? And in doing so, you must prioritize self-care, right? You don't want to get burned out. You want to have boundaries. You don't want to, you know, say, okay, I'm going to do my work now and just like, uh, you know, let people walk all over you. Even the Buddha, even Jesus took their time alone. I was thinking about Neem Karoli Baba, reading this book here by one of his uh, devotees. It's called By His Grace. Neem Karoli Baba, Ram Dass's guru. Incredible man, avatar, saint, self-realized, incredible light worker. There were times where he would go back into his room and tell people, Jiao, leave, get out of here. Because he needed his space. So he's whatever he was doing. Right? He needed his space. So you gotta also take your space and, and don't feel like, you know, you don't have to uh, you know, not have boundaries. You do, they're important. Of course, stay humble, keep growing, keep keep being open to learning and 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 using the light work itself as actually the the next uh, context for your growth, right? So that's what I do here. All of this I'm sharing with you is how I process my own thoughts. This is the context for my growth now. So it all helps us as well in the end, even helping others be also benefit. And trust, trust that you're always supported in doing this work. You didn't manifest this idea within your own mind that I want to be a light worker. It's not like you conjured it up yourself. It was given to you. And whatever gave you this, this calling, this mission, this desire, this passion to be a light worker, it will also support you in doing that work. Now, with all that said, get to work. So on my website, brentspirit.com, I have a free ebook and audiobook. It's called Abundica, Principles and Practices for Manifesting Abundance. And in that book, there are a bunch of different practices and principles for tapping into the support from the universe that already is there. It's waiting for you. Uh, and one of the sections is actually focused on abundance for light workers. So there's a prayer there that I channeled, which you can use. You can make it your own and get inspiration from it if you like. But it's for those out there that are, you know, ready to do this work, but don't always have the means, don't always have the direction because it's difficult, right? You know, you might be super busy with work and if you quit your job, then, you know, you're not gonna be able to support yourself and you don't have any time to do light work because you're working at your job. So, so there's different, everyone goes to different challenges, but if you happen to be struggling with, you know, abundance and the means to do this light work, there's some information there that can support you in creating a context to allow you to do this work. So no excuse, support is out there. I wish you all the best on your journey. On my website, brentspirit.com, there's tons of free content there as well. You can check it all out. It's all there. It's all for you. You can leave a comment if you feel like. Let me know what you think about all this. Let me know if it resonates with you, if you disagree, if any of this uh, makes sense, if you've got uh, some similar challenges, I'd love to hear about it. And if you'd like to find out about meeting with me one-on-one, -on -one, if you want to contact me with any questions about your spiritual awakening journey, Kundalini awakening, any of that stuff, or if you feel called to make a donation to support me in this work, you can visit brandspirit.com. Until next time, much love and peace.